Welcome to another episode of the Property Nomad podcast. And this is the start of a really, really cool trilogy with Mike Cobb of ECI Development. Mike was on the podcast in episode 109. So if you haven't already listened to that about international real estate developments, go back and listen to that. And you would have known that Mike mentioned a few times about the 15 questions that you must ask when you are investing abroad. Uh, So we're going to do them section by section. There's three sections. Section one, which is today's episode, is buy what you see. Part two will consist of own community. And part three is know the developer. There's been a lot of long form episodes recently on the podcast. A few people have commented saying they like it around about half an hour. So rather than doing one big episode, Mike's kindly agreed to split them down, hence the trilogy. Mike, well, thank you for coming back. And you, I caught you off guard last time by asking what the worst piece of advice ever was. And you said, oh, hey, save that for the 15 questions. So let's yeah. just start with that. What's the worst piece of advice that you've ever been given? Well, very good. Hey, thanks for having me back, by the way. I, I, I enjoyed our first uh, podcast and, and, and the conversations. And and I think this is going to be a lot of fun, too. And and uh, yeah, we'll, 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 like you said, people need shorter bites. And we're going to give you know shorter bites here with these 15 questions. Yeah, you you did. You did catch me off guard the last time. Uh, you know, uh, in thinking about that, when I first went to Belize back in 1994-95 and and I bought my very first rental property and then again, my first rental property as a, you know, 30-year-old uh, young adult was a property outside my home country in Belize. So, uh, so I went down there, I bought it and and I thought, man, this is neat. I want to look for some more property. I want to do maybe some development. And I was down in the southern part of Belize, and we were looking at some property with a with an old fox. I mean, this guy was, I mean, he he probably, I mean, he could definitely sell ice cubes to Eskimos, and 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 he was trying to sell us some swamp land, and he uh, he had this phrase that he kept using over and over again. It's not quite the worst advice I've ever gotten, but it was. It was si- sort of like advice, and and I'm really glad that we ended up not, you know, doing it. Um, he would look out across uh, a piece of uh, swampland, and he he he'd point out some palm trees, and he'd go, "That's good high land," and uh, and and it's true because palm trees only grow on you know real land; they don't grow in the swamp. Um, but but the but the point of it was that. You know, he was trying to sell us, you know, swamp land, and he kept pointing out where palm trees were, saying, "Well, that's good high land," but but everywhere else wasn't. So, I think the worst advice I ever got was this notion that, um, you know, that that I was going to buy this swamp land from him and and you know fill it in or do whatever I was supposed to do to make it valuable, uh, when in reality it was pretty much worthless land. Um, so I don't I don't know if that it was it's a cautionary tale of you know, part of what this 15 questions circles back around to. And that is, you know, when we go overseas, you know, we're, we're, we're going outside of, you know, UK in your case or North America, US and Canada, you know, in my case. And, you know, we're just so used to having rules and laws and truth and, you know, and advertising and, and that kind of thing. But, but it, it doesn't exist. I mean, this guy could pretty much say whatever he wanted to say. And if I was dumb enough to buy it, you know, then it was my problem, right? So, um, anyway, worst advice ever. That's good Highland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. love the story that goes with that. That's, that's, what, 
That's pretty cool. Uh, I mean, that nicely leads us into the first section, which is buy what you see. So, I mean, yeah. the floor is all yours. Uh, uh, okay. Go. Let's go we, for you know, it. We, we, yeah. So we have these 15 questions, and I guess maybe the thing to do is kind of work through the first five, which are you know, grouped in this subcategory called buy what you see. So basically what we said was, look, here are 15 questions that we should ask when buying property overseas, but but it's hard to remember 15 questions. So what are three basic principles that we can kind of hold in our mind to make sure that we're, you know, asking the right kinds of questions, even if we don't remember the 15 questions verbatim or we don't have the consumer resource guide with us. By the way, your listeners are welcome to reach out to you uh, and, 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 and through you to me and receive a copy of our consumer resource guide, which has the 15 questions and some other uh, really, really helpful information, some country handbooks, some, some other stuff that, that would be, you know, it, it's great resource material for people looking for property overseas. It, it's not a sales document. It's truly a consumer resource guide and the 15 questions are in it. But if you don't have that document, and you're and you're you know kind of thinking to yourself, well, how do I how do I ask the right kind of questions? You know, the three principles are buy what you see, and we're going to talk about that more today. The second principle is own community, right? Own a place, own in a place, or own a property that has other people around. It has amenities, things to do, and then the last principle is know the developer, and this sort of goes to that first concept with the you know the good high land. Um, you know, again, w- when we buy property overseas outside our home countries uh, in the developing world, um, you know, it really is the relationship with the developer or the or the property owner. If it's a you know, if, say it's a condo building, the HOA, uh, or or if it's a big master plan development, whatever you know, the developer, the relationship that you will have to take care of you and your satisfaction as a property owner will be based in the relationship you have with the developer, the longevity of the developer, them being in business, them being around. Because, you know, again, the the government institutions and all kinds of warranties and things that we might expect, you know, just don't, just don't apply. So anyway, those are the three principles. So we'll start with buy what you see today. And, and, and actually let me even back it up just a smidge further. The, the, The idea of the 15 questions really evolved from, my very first property purchase. That property purchase I mentioned you know, a moment ago in Belize when I bought a condo on Ambergris Key in 1994, 95. I can't remember when we, I think we looked at it in 94, late 94, and we transacted in January, February of 95. But anyway, um, but this, this very first condo, it had problems. I mean, it, it, was, it was affordable. I could afford to buy it. It was about $150,000. And so, you know, I could, I could afford it. And um, but, but, you know, the, the living room had one outlet. And so in order to put the TV on one wall and lights around and other things and, you know, plug a computer in, whatever we wanted to do, you know, we actually had to run an extension cord out of the one outlet around the wall, um, across the entryway to the, to the dining room. We used duct tape to tape it to the floor so we wouldn't trip over the cord all the time, right, to be able to get electric to the four walls of the living room. Well, I mean, this this is nonsense. I mean, what I mean, it's so easy to build, and this is new property. I mean, this is a brand new condominium. It was maybe a year or two years old when we bought it. So, I mean, it wasn't like it was you know 100 years old when they didn't run electric. I mean, this is brand new you know stuff. And so, 
you know, we, we started to look at what kinds of things we wouldn't think to ask. I mean, we didn't think to look for outlets when we bought it. We walked in, the view of the ocean out the, out the front window was phenomenal. Um, you know, it was a nice condo, it was a spacious, you know, whatever. I mean, it, it, it was nice and the price was right. We didn't think to look at, you know, whether there was an outlet on every wall or not. And so this, this concept of we don't know what we don't know and we don't know what to ask. We don't know the questions to ask. We don't know the things to look for because we come with assumptions. And this idea of assumptions is, you know, another, you know, we need to forget what we think we know, right? We need to, like, we, we assume that there's going to be zoning or we assume there's going to be a warranty when we buy something, you know, a property overseas. But again, these assumptions are dangerous. They don't necessarily apply. And so it was really out of this, wellspringing of of questioning that we had as consumers that this 15 questions really came about and, and, and probably over a four or five year period we came up with the 15 they've been refined over the years um, but 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 we're just gonna plow through them and I'll keep circling back to some of these bigger broader concepts about humility uh, and 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 questioning you know as they apply but but here's the first question that's in our 15 questions is there year-round access to the property? And I think, again, coming out of the UK, North America, Northern Europe, you know, we can we pretty much can assume that if we buy a if we buy our home or a condo, you know, we can get there year-round. That the roads will be open and passable, uh, you know, all year long. Um, well, that's not necessarily the case in the developing world, and 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 in in Latin America and in the tropics, for example, more generally the tropics, but specifically you know central and large parts of South America, you know it's tropical, and and they don't have four seasons; they have two seasons. They have a dry season and a rainy season, and you know everything's passable in the dry season. In fact, you know the, there are roads that. Uh, you know, you can drive, you know, do kilometers, you can drive, you know, 70, 80, 90 kilometers an hour on dirt roads, gravel roads in the dry season. Uh, and in the rainy season, there's, you know, a foot, a foot of, or, you know, a third of a meter of mud, and you can't drive on them. Um, and so, you know, the, the first question, again, it's an assumption thing, we would just assume that if we go visit in the in the dry season, which is the time that we all travel, which is kind of December through May, it's when you want to be out of North America, and when you want to be out of the UK, and you want to go to the tropics. Well, it's dry season for most of the tropics. And, and so the roads are all passable, you buy a beautiful property at the end of a dirt road, and you think this is wonderful. And then you show up in July or August or September, and you want to go visit your visit your home and, and you're driving through mud or you're getting stuck in mud. So the first question is, is there year round access to the property? And then sort of an ancillary to that question is what is the drive time for, you know, amenities, right? Shopping, dining, grocery store, uh, gas station, bank, whatever it is. Right. And, and a lot of times, again, we think in terms of distance, you know, how, how many kilometers it is from, from here to there, but it, in Latin America, we need to think about how long it takes because a really horrible dirt road uh, or, or, or a, a, a congested road, it's about time, not distance. So again, uh, here's the tip, by the way, there is a, uh, a specific you know, uh, consumer tip. If you're buying property in the tropics, 
the best time to buy it for you, the consumer, is actually in the rainy season. Because in the rainy season, you will see the roads in their worst conditions. Uh, you know, uh, and, and if you can get there in the rainy season, well, then you can get there in the dry season. Um, so as a consumer, the best time to buy property is the rainy season. It's not particularly the best time to visit, but again, if you're buying property, that should trump you know a little bit of comfort on your due diligence visit. Um, Rob, any questions on number one? No, just to back up from what you've just said, actually, Mike is is very interesting because real estate, you know, is quite seasonal. Thinking about people that are buying in the UK, for example, we know, we would normally say that the best time to buy is yeah, in the winter, so anywhere between say November and February or March, because uh, again, that's when you're probably going to see a property at its worst. So I love how uh, that lesson that we would have here can be transferred across to you know other parts of the world. So just a, as a backup on that, I think that's a you're really good to know that uh, that, that happens the other side. The other caveat that I will put on this is because people might be thinking, well, Rob, you're talking about international development. Why are you talking about that? Pointing out that my other half is Mexican and there is serious consideration about, you know, moving from the UK, hence, you know, touch and base with you and exploring all this. It's, uh-huh. a, it's a learning lesson for me as well as as well as people that are listening. Well, that's good. You know, and, and, and it's wonderful when we can we can help somebody put something like this, you know, academic stuff into practical use. So I'm, I'm glad it's I'm glad it's helpful. But that's also very interesting that in England, the time to buy property is November through February, which makes sense. It's the worst time of year and you would see the property at its worst. So um, yeah, good, good, good counsel there locally as well. The, uh, the second question is what roads and public infrastructure exist? Uh, does the current infrastructure and, and the word there is current, right? Buy what you see. Does the existing infrastructure include uh, we like to say underground utilities, paved streets, sidewalks. I guess it doesn't really matter if the you know if the electric poles are above ground or underground. I just think that you know for for many consumers who are used to uh, underground utilities, uh, they want that, they expect that. Uh, but the but the key to that actually is you know what what infrastructure exists. So you know how do you get to the property, right? It, it, the public infrastructure to get to the property. And then once you're on the property, uh, what what kind of infrastructure exists? And and when we think about condominiums, uh, we, you know we need to think about things like backup generators, backup water supplies. Uh, do those things exist? Because you know again, in in the developing world, the power can go out, and it can go out for you know a day or two or three. The water can go out for long periods of time, a day or two or three. It uh, doesn't happen often, but it does happen a lot more often than it happens in the developed world. And so, you know, in a condominium building, uh, again, what are your backup? What is the backup infrastructure that exists? Uh, you know, and and if you're buying a home in a residential pro, you know project, again, is the electric in place? Are the streets paved, or are they going to turn into mud slogs? You know, in the rainy season, do, are there sidewalks, or do you have to walk in the street? to go from point A to point B. Uh, and, and something that we now really, again, take for granted in, in the developed world is, is access to uh, internet and, and bandwidth. So in terms of that, you know, what is the bandwidth? Uh, is it sufficient? Will you be able to you know, watch pictures or movies, not pictures, but will you be able to watch movies of your grandkids 
you know, back up in England, uh, you know, playing cricket or playing soccer or doing whatever they're doing or football, I guess, sorry, um, <laughs> playing, playing football, playing cricket when you're at your home in the tropics uh, or, or, you know, hopefully you have enough bandwidth, right? But these are things that we can empirically test. We can see them, right? First of all, whether they exist or not, um, but we can also empirically test some of these. I've got a couple coming up on um, water and water pressure, but but let me let me give one very cautionary tale about an infrastructure issue that is absolutely ignored uh, by ninety nine percent of the buyers. I, I mean, we've we've published this fifteen questions, like I said, for twenty years now, and I don't know that in the 20 years I've ever had anybody call me out and ask me this question, although I mention it in almost every one of my presentations about the 15 questions, and that is storm sewers or storm water uh, engineering, right? Because in the tropics, again, you have you know six months of dry season and six months of rainy season, and in the tropics, I got to say inches because I can't do millimeters very well. But in the tropics, we could have, you know, three, four, five inches of rain happen in several hours, right? It can literally rain an inch an hour, uh, which is two and a half centimeters. So what's that? 25 millimeters, right? It can rain 25 millimeters in one hour in the tropics. And it can do that for two, three, four hours in a row. Well, that's a lot of water all at once. And if the developer has not engineered, hired engineers to figure out what to do with that water and then spent a ton of money either putting in swales or piping systems or reservoirs or whatever to take that water where it's supposed to go, contain it and disperse it in a controlled manner, you got real problems. Uh, just now it's two years ago. Two years ago, a condo building in Costa Rica literally fell into a small creek, it wasn't a river, it was a small creek because you know the developers of this condo building didn't figure out the, the, the stormwater and the engineering of it, right? I mean, and there's no insurance for that. I mean, you just, you just, you know, you're just out of luck. So the stormwater engineering and stormwater management is an incredibly important piece of the puzzle. And, and again, I hope some of your listeners, if they ever come to visit us and, and are looking at property, you know, with one of our projects, I hope they remember to ask me about the stormwater to show them the engineering documents, to show them the stormwater systems. Um, it, it's critically important. Uh, and it's something that a lot of people ignore uh, just because we don't think to ask that question. Makes perfect sense. I, th I think it's, you know, for, for, for people that have never been in tropical weather or, you know, as I say, when it rains, it pours, it, yeah, I've been in it a couple of times, and yeah, it is unbelievable. <laughs> I think it's just a word. So, but that, that, a great that's a, that's a great point. A very very good point. I like that. It's uh, this is about getting you know thinking outside the box as such, isn't it? But also being pragmatic at the yeah. same time. Absolutely, a absolutely, and 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 again, just trying to figure out what questions to ask. And again, because we do, we we need to forget what we think we know in in the UK and in the US and Canada. I mean. The, the, the local government requires, you know, engineering of this stuff. And then their inspection departments, they validate it before the developer can build anything, right? I mean, it's just all taken care of long before the consumer shows up to buy a property. Uh, and, and we count on that happening. But, but again, 
we don't know what we don't know. And what we don't know is that we can't count on that in most places around the world. So um, the third question is, uh, is this, is there enough water, fresh water and water pressure? Uh, again, in the tropics, you've got six months of tons of rain and you've got six months of dry season, many places. And water is a very, very precious commodity. And so there are a couple things going on. Um, there's the issue of, is there enough physical water? Does, you know, are the wells producing enough for whatever the development is? Um, but also, does the developer have the water rights? Uh, again, I have no idea if this is something that happens in England, um, but in the United States, in the West, uh, where it is fairly dry, uh, there, are, there are water rights issues. So literally, and, and throughout Latin America as well, you can have a, a river or a creek running through your property and you may not have the right to touch it, to, to take one drop out of it because the water doesn't belong to you. The rights are owned by somebody else. And so the question is on the first level is, does the developer have enough water? And two, do they have the rights to it and the licensing and the permits? Because again, in many cases, water is viewed as a natural resource owned by the government uh, in many countries, especially civil law countries. And so you must have a permit and a license to extract it or mine it. They actually use the word mining to mine the water um, and then uh, distribute it and sell it to your clients. So understanding that piece of the puzzle is really important. And then, you know, assuming that they have water, they have the rights, they have the permits to, to extract it and sell it and distribute it. Um, how's the water pressure? Uh, again, because, you know, pipe sizing, you know, if you run one inch pipes, it costs X. If you run two inch pipes, it costs, you know, 1.7 X. And so, you know, or three inch pipes, you know, 2.5 X. And so, I mean, it doesn't, it's not linear, but it's still a lot more expensive to run bigger pipes. And so uh, developers, a lot of times will cut corners and put in smaller pipes because they do deliver water. The issue is, is if, if the resort's full, if everybody's there at Easter and, and everybody's, you know, take, take, taking a shower uh, at the same time or there are certain times of the day that lots of people take showers, um, you, you may not have any water pressure. Um, and so, again, that's something to test, uh, test the water pressure. Uh, it's pretty easy to do. Turn on all the faucets, all the showers, flush the toilets at the same time and, and see, you know, if there's enough water pressure in the house to satisfy your needs and desires. So, uh, I think water's important. Water's critical. Water's the lifeblood, right? Um, so it's really important to know that you have it. And then it's also to, important to understand, uh, you know, how much water pressure uh, there is. So that, that's question number three. Any thoughts on that, Rob? No, it makes, perfect, makes absolute perfect sense. It's, uh, you know, I would, uh, if I was buying a property in the UK, it's still something that I would do is go around, turn all the water on just to make sure there's no leaks or anything like that. So, I mean, that's something I would do instinctively over here as well. Yep, very good. All right, question four is also a water question. Um, but this is, this is actually, you, sometimes I give presentations uh, where I only can give one example of the 15 questions and, and then suggest people reach out for a copy of the Consumer Resource Guide that has all of them. Uh, this is the example I give because it's extremely visual, um, and I'm sad that we, we, we don't have a visual to go with it. But anyway, um, the question is this, is the home or condominium plumbed with hot water in all the bathrooms? And 
coming out of, you know, again, North America, you know, develop Europe, UK. Um, I, I think for the most part, we can assume that if we look at a property that we're going to have hot water in all the bathrooms. Um, in, in Latin America, that's just simply not the case. Uh, in, in, in new properties and in many properties, there will be hot water in the master bathroom, the master bedroom, master bathroom, but many of the guest bathrooms uh, do not have hot water. However, it's a little tricky because if you stand at a sink, for example, in a, in a, in a bathroom, and there are two taps, right? You got one on the right, one on the left, and you turn the one on the right on and it puts out water. You turn, on, turn it off, you turn on the one on the left, in the US, I don't know in Europe if it's the opposite, but anyway, on the left side is hot water in, in North America. You turn it on and there's water coming out. And and you think to yourself, because you're in an apartment or a condo or a home that's been empty for a long time, you think, well, you know what? I'm not gonna stand here for, you know, for two minutes while the hot water gets all the way from the other side of the house by the garage, you know, the hot water heater all the way over here. It has, you know, it turned it on, there's water coming out. so. I, you know, it's going to be hot, you know, if I wait long enough. Here's the issue. It may not be because the, the, the folks putting in these, these two tap, uh, you know, these faucets, which have a two taps, one on each side of the sink, you know, if they have that, what they end up doing is they take the cold water pipe coming out of the wall under the sink, they put a Y adapter on it and run cold water to both taps. That way you actually have water coming out of each one of them. The thing is, is it's cold water in both cases. And so the only way we actually know if we have hot water is either to stand there until it gets hot, which is an okay thing to do too, um, or get down on your hands and knees, first of all, and see how many pipes are coming out of the wall. If there's one pipe coming out of the wall, you're never getting hot water because that's cold water getting split. If there's two pipes coming out of the wall, then you might want to stand there until the hot water comes out to make sure that it happens. But, but, but this is crazy because people just can't even imagine, you know, we don't know what we don't know. We don't know that we got to get down on our hands and knees and look under a sink to see if there's, you know, one or two pipes coming out uh, to, to know if we have hot water. Um, and if we don't have it in the sink, we definitely don't have it in the shower either. So, um, and the other, the other place that in Latin America, they don't run hot water very often is to the kitchen sink. Uh, and again, uh, you know, a lot of people like to wash their dishes in hot water. And uh, if there's no hot water there, uh, it, it, it can be very expensive. I know they have the, the small Insta heaters now um, that you can put. Uh, and, 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 and yes, it allows you to bring hot water to locations that don't have hot water. But then you have to have high current electrical outlets and breakers so it's probably easier to run high current electric wires and back to your breaker panel boxes than it is to bust through concrete and put in new pipes. But in either case, the retrofit to have hot water in a bathroom that doesn't have hot water can be significant. So um, it's just better to check that out before we buy. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would have had until you mentioned that, I would have had no idea. It's, I think it's uh goes to what you say it comes down to being humble having humility i would have just taken that for granted to be fair so yeah, right? i'd have had no idea yeah all right well, that's good so, so we're, we're getting you we're getting you educated here for your mexican property purchase man this is good <laughs> <laughs> ah, this is great um and then the last question for buy what you see uh really has to do with um 
again, something very, very important, but, but different people view this differently. And that's how far, uh, I mean, I said it wrong, how long does it take to get to medical care, right? How far is part of the equation, right? How far is it to medical care? But how long does it take in the dry season? How long does it take in the rainy season to get from your property to a medical facility that you would deem, you know, what you would want? And, you know, and, 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 and the reason this is an, a, very, a, a very variable question is some people care a lot and they literally want to live right around the corner from a hospital. Right? You know, okay, fine. Then you probably want to be in a major city and you want to have a condo or a home, you know, within a mile or two of a hospital. Other people who live in rural areas, you know, they're used to having to hopefully, you know, get in the car and drive, you know, 20, 30, 40 minutes, an hour to the hospital. And that's no big deal because that's what they're used to. So again, the, the question really isn't, you know, specific in any kind of amount of time. It's just an understanding of in the worst season, when the roads are at their worst, how far, you know, how long of a drive do you want to have to get to medical facilities and to put that on your criteria for uh, property selection as well? Again, it's just something that we need to be conscious of. Everyone's going to have a different answer. But, but again, using the idea of how long does it take, not how far is it, uh, is, is the right way to measure that. So. There, there's our, there's our first five questions, Rob, uh, buy what you see and, and, uh, you know, some ancillaries as well. Oh, that's perfect, Mike. So just to, just to, um, do a quick recap, if you can, if you could just do the questions again, just as a question, just, uh, so people are yeah. familiar, that would sure. be fantastic. Right. Uh, so buy what you see, the five questions are number one, is there year round access to the property in the rainy season and the dry season? And the ancillary is, you know, how long does it take to, to, to make that drive? Can you get there in all seasons? And how long does it take in the rainy season and the dry season? Question two is what type of public infrastructure exists? The key word is exists. What is in reality today? Uh, and, and that's, you know, can, you know, what's the road like to the property? Is there enough electrical service to the property? So the public infrastructure and then on property, you know, what is the existing infrastructure that's there right now? Is it, you know, th 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 there's, a, there's a great word that a lot of developers like to use in the words gonna. We're gonna put in the roads. We're gonna run the electric. I don't know what gonna means. I don't even know how you spell it. But, <laughs> but, but by what you see means, is it there right now? Is there electric to your property? Can you drive on a paved road or a sidewalk? Is there enough internet? You know, so by what you see, what's the infrastructure? The most important one is actually the one that people pay least attention to, which is stormwater. And what's the engineering? Has it been installed properly? Uh, question number three, is there enough water? Does the developer have rights to that water? Um, and is there enough water pressure uh, to your home or condo uh, so that you can enjoy you know, uh, you know, your property? Question number four, is the house or home condominium plumbed for hot water in all the bathrooms? Again, in Latin America, in the developing world, in warm weather, you know, year-round warm weather destinations, a lot of times people don't plumb for hot water in all the bathrooms or even any of the bathrooms or the kitchen. So knowing if you have hot water is really important before you write the check to own the property. 
And then question number five, how long does it take to get to a medical facility that meets your standards? Uh, again, for some people, it's really important to be physically close and time close. They want to be a few minutes from a, you know, a hospital. For other people, it's not as important. But just measuring that and knowing that it's important and getting your answer that you're comfortable with, uh, that's our fifth question. Oh, Mike, that's awesome stuff. Thank you very much for sharing. I did make a, I did have a little chuckle to myself when you mentioned Gunner. Because if you say Gunner in in uh, in the UK, uh, it's a, oh yeah, it's, it's a nickname of Arsenal Football Club. If, if someone's a Gunner, they're normally related to Arsenal Football Club. So just random. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just just completely random. Um, well, no, Mike, that's fantastic, and that's you know, really awesome, really useful content and. For people out there, join us next time where we will be focusing on five questions based around own community. Uh, Mike, if people want to, uh, we'll put all these links in the show notes, but if people want to get in touch with you, how do, how do they do that? Yeah, uh, send an email to info at ecidevelopment.com and in the subject line, uh, just write, you know, Rob Podcast Consumer Guide. And we will send you a, a copy of the Consumer Resource Guide. Perfect. Awesome. Uh, Mike, again, thanks for your time and roll on part two. Thank you for listening to the Property Nomads podcast. Feel free to go and check out the website at www.tpmpodcast.com where we've got an excellent blog amongst other bits and pieces as well. Please do share this podcast with friends, family and people within your network. And if you're able to leave a review on iTunes, we would be eternally grateful. Until next time, adios.